Well, hello there. Glad you could be able to join us again as we continue on this series of how to salvage the future of our children. May I make an apology about the last episode? Uh, it just got uh, unceremoniously cut uh, without any warning. I hope that today's recording will be all right. I'll take a little bit of a longer time today just to compensate for the episode that got cut off and one more episode that I missed uh, last week. So today I'll be starting on talking about the top 10 skills that are going to be very important in the workplace. You know, times change. And what was very good for us as a skill 10 years ago, 15 years ago, has probably been relegated today. And I'm going to look at some very important skills uh, that we should be teaching our children and making them ready for the future that they face. The World Economic Forum notes that one of the most important skills that our children are going to need is that of complex problem solving, which is what I'll be talking about today. And they note that critical thinking will also be a very important asset for our children to have uh, in the future. Now, what is complex problem solving? You know, you and I today are living in a totally different world. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when people were starting to talk about climate change, we did not know what they were talking about. And yet today, you and I are caught in the clutches of uh, climate change. We are caught uh, in the clutches of variable weather patterns. We are caught up in natural disasters that we really never experienced before. So you can see that we are living in a time where there are constant changes and there are complexities in our lives. It is as if the more we learn, the more we seem to be solving problems, the more actually uh, we are bringing complexities to our world. So you and I as a parent have got this uh, duty to make our children aware of how complex the whole world has become. Has become. We have a funny uh, a problem uh, that is a dichotomy where uh, the world has become richer and yet more and more people are dying of hunger. The world has become richer and richer, and yet the level of hunger and poverty is actually increasing. You see, this is a complex problem, and we can maybe just think of throwing money at it and maybe, you know, doing this and doing the other. But we find that the more we are trying to solve the problems uh, of hunger and poverty, the more it looks like things are actually getting worse. So we have to be preparing our children to look at this world where 
there are differences um, in how problems uh, 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 come into being and how we can actually be able to solve them. The problem of hunger, uh, it can not only be solved by planting more or doing uh, uh, new uh, uh, biological uh, 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 plants or uh, uh, plants that are more resistant, for instance, to certain diseases. Yes, that can that can happen, that we can do, but at the same time we might find ourselves introducing alien species, introducing species that we cannot be able to control. So, we, we need to be teaching our children how to solve some of these very complex issues that we have in the world of today. The other issue that I can mention is the finding of alternative fuels. You know, today, because of uh, climate change, because of all the problems that we've got with the environment, we are finding ourselves uh, having to look for alternative fuels. We used to use coal, we are using diesel and petrol. Uh, we are using uh, electrical power today in order to uh, carry on with our economies. But we are slowly starting to realize that not only are these resources going to be depleted one day, but they contribute a lot to uh, environmental factors that can bring very, very serious and complex issues. Uh, people in India, in China, are choking because of unsafe, unhealthy, polluted air because of the occurrence of uh, uh, soot and uh, 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 products of uh, uh, burning of the fossil fuels. On the other hand, we are trying to come with alternative uh, uh, fuels. Well, if you ask me and you try to analyze the situation, the more we are moving into solar panels, uh, wind-generated uh, 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 power, uh, increasing storage uh, in terms of batteries, there's other problems that, we are not trying to solve right from the beginning. For instance, what are we going to do with all these batteries 10 years from now? Uh, the world will be full of these batteries, and uh, I'm not seeing anywhere people talking about how these are going to be recycled. I'm not seeing how people are talking about uh, how we are going to manage the problem of the solar, solar panels that we are generating and using today that will be the next problem. So we might be solving uh, the problem of alternative fuels today, uh, but we are creating another problem 20 years down the line. And it's our children who are going to be living with these problems. And right from the beginning, we should be teaching them the importance uh, of uh, having an ability to solve uh, complex problems like we are talking about.
If you look at education, most countries are increasing their education spend, but it does not necessarily equate to uh, better educated people. In my country, in South Africa, our education spend is actually very, very high. But when studies are made, we find that uh, the level of mathematics knowledge and literacy, for instance, is dropping almost uh, exponentially each and every year. So that throwing money at a problem does not seem to be the problem solver. In other words, there are simply no simple solutions to the complex problems that we have. And therefore, we've got to be teaching our children that they should develop skills that will enable them to solve uh, very difficult problems. And one of the very important things that we've got to be teaching them is that of compounding variables, uh, shifting sense, shifting goalposts, that sometimes as we think we are about to reach a solution to a problem, we find that the goalposts have moved. And therefore, when we are trying to uh, solve complex problems, we've got to do different scenarios, make different projections, look at alternatives of how to solve this problem, and also try to uh, predict uh, problems that do not exist today, that might exist tomorrow. So it's very, very important, therefore, that we teach our children that the goalposts are always moving and that we should be able to develop this very important skill of uh, solving uh, complex problems. The second part that I want to discuss today, which is an important skill that our children need to develop, is that of critical thinking. Now, this means that we should teach our children to have a questioning mind. You and I, when we grew up, um, we were just expected to say yes or to say no without thinking, without elaborating, without explanation of our thought processes. The world has changed, and we now have children who are asking questions. You know, a five-year-old, we know they will be asking you why and why and why and why. Unfortunately, when our children start going to school, it looks like the schooling system kills that ability to have a questioning mind. We start with children uh, uh, in the lower grades who are artistic, who are critical in thinking, who are questioning in their thinking, but at the end of their university career, they have lost all those skills because it looks like uh, the education that we have today is a great destroyer of originality. And we need to be making our children to continue as they grow older to have an ever-increasing questioning mind so that they can also solve the complex problems that we have today in this world. We should be teaching them to be people who investigate opposing views. You know, the world of today is not a yes or no world. It's not 
a black or white world, but it is a kaleidoscope of colors, kaleidoscope of ideas, and it has become a great melting pot. And the, res the result of this is that the, the world has become a small global village where children in Asia are almost on the same level as children in America and children in, the, uh, uh, in Africa and everywhere else in the world. In other words, technology has come in and it has become a great leveler. So that what we're thinking in the South might actually be a totally non-dominant uh, culture or thought process of the time. And therefore, we are now living in this world where there are opposing views here, there, and everywhere. And we must therefore teach our children to be critical thinkers, to see and realize that there are uh, opposing views and they need to delve deep into this and to investigate uh, these opposing views. And it's up to us as parents to enable them to be able to do this. Critical thinking goes hand in hand also with ethics. That, you know, the more we've got these complex problems that we've got to solve, the more we've got to be doing critical thinking, the more we've also got to be thinking in an ethical way. You see, uh, R&D, you see uh, experimentation, you see research should not be done just for the sake of uh, uh, filling up academic journals and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and projects and, and processes like that, but it should be geared at changing the lives of people. And some of the advances that we see, for instance, stem cell research, um, uh, even though it carries great, great possibilities of um, dealing with uh, uh, diseases like diabetes, uh, cancers, uh, and a whole host of other health issues that you have not been able to help with. On the other hand, there are huge ethical issues that we've got to go through, uh, that we've got to think about. And this calls for us to teach our children to have a critical thinking that will go deeper into looking at the ethics of every new research and development that comes our way. The example that comes to mind is that of artificial intelligence. You know that today universities have got a big problem that you can write a very advanced academic paper for a PhD today uh, by just punching the title of the paper into chat GPT, for instance. And in no time, you can have a very well-written, uh, well-researched, well-cited uh, paper of a very high academic status. And it can be presented and passed on as being original. Now, it means that somebody can actually get a PhD without ever lifting his hand to write anything. And these are important issues that we've got to be dealing with today in order to help our children to be able to face this new world that we 
have to look at. So I will end here today. Uh, I'll talk about creativity and about people management and maybe coordinating with others as we continue with this talk. Thank you. Till we meet again next time. It's Tommy from South Africa. Thank you.